Hello and welcome back to the Eyes Up Life podcast with your host, Ben Granis. We have a special edition episode this week. Yes, this is an off week. Usually there's no podcast this week, but because it's special, we have one. This is a conversation that I had with my good friend, Connor O'Brien. Before I go right into that, I'll give you a little bit of background on Eyes Up, because maybe you're new to the podcast and you have no idea what the heckles I'm talking about, and that's okay. Eyes Up started as a 7,000-mile bike ride around the United States with the goal of ending distracted driving, promoting digital wellness, and helping people live safer, happier, and healthier lives by building healthy relationships to technology. And that is very much still my goal. I finished the ride in September. Since then, I've been working on other ways to raise awareness for distracted driving, including interviewing athletes. That's what you've been used to with the Maxis interview series, doing some public speaking, and just getting outside, promoting the goodness of being away from the phone. Back in February, I had the delightful privilege of going to visit my good friend Connor O'Brien in Maui, Hawaii, where he has been spending quite a bit of time over the last two years for winter training for bicycle racing. Connor is an incredible person, a very, very strong athlete, and is extraordinarily passionate about cycling and has been killing it with his races in recent years. He has an exciting race year coming up where I think he's going to do even better than he did in the last year. While I was on Maui, Connor was originally scheduled to do a 192-mile bike ride around the island and up the volcano called Haleakala, Uh, an incredibly challenging ride, and he was doing that to fundraise for a foundation called the Emua Family Foundation, which provides services to children in crisis on Maui. A very, uh, very noble cause, and Connor did a really great job fundraising. We didn't cover this in the recording, but he has raised over $30,000 for this foundation, and did an absolutely wonderful job getting the ride done and getting the community involved and maintaining his unending positivity throughout the whole process. Unfortunately, while I was on the island, uh, the forecast for when Connor was supposed to ride was not so good, so he had to postpone it, and we instead went whale watching. So that's okay. I was sad to have missed the ride because I was hoping to do the last leg with him but that is life so we had a conversation the night before i left to return to the mainland and then we had a follow-up after he did his ride so spoiler alert he completed the ride successfully did a great job fundraising and i think has become even more fired up about biking and doing it for a good reason So this is not the normal format, talking about distracted driving, but I think it is a pretty cool mix-up and will be an enjoyable conversation. Obviously different, too, because I know Connor very well. And, uh, yeah, enjoy. That's it. We'll talk to you at the end. Bye. I'm I'm letting you take the lead now. Yeah, I'm, I'm a natural at taking the lead. So usually I have the... 
whoever I was t- talking to introduce themselves. But I think because we already have a we have an existing relationship, I can introduce you somewhat, and then you can add in whatever might be missing. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Fun. So just some context to start is that we're sitting here in Paia, Maui, on my last evening here after a lovely visit, which didn't go exactly as planned, but we'll uh, talk about why later. But I'm here with a good friend of mine, Connor O'Brien, who lives here. He winters in Maui. Um, he doesn't say that though. As snowbird, he's a snowbird. He's a snowbird. <laughs> Florida is not where he snowbirds to. He goes to to Maui, another warm place. Mm-hmm. So, um, Connor, is, I met through work at Overland Summers. I actually met him. When was it? Back. It was back in twenty. 17, mm-hmm. and that was when I was just a, a wee little leader at Overland, and he was in the office, and then a couple years later, I joined the office, he was still there, and we overlapped for a bit, and since COVID, uh, that's sort of when we started biking a lot more yeah. together and, and doing doing fun things together, so uh, fun things including coming to uh, visit in, in Maui, so. Yeah. Uh, our first bike packing trip was in COVID, wasn't it? Yeah. Your first bike packing trip. My first time yeah, ever. Your first on... overnight. Was that the Willytown weekend one? Yeah, we went. Yeah. It, was, it was just one night, right? Yeah, but that, if I recall correctly, was your first time. First time ever to a campsite. carrying gear on a bike yep. and yep. then using that gear to camp. Yeah, and that was the beginning of a beautiful, beautiful friendship. Friendship, <laughs> beautiful friendship. Yeah. Uh, what did I miss, Connor? I think that pretty much covers it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's been fun. I think staying in touch over cycling-related things. I think that's what really brought us together. Um, and that, and the fact that we're doing like our own independent kind of out there things, trying to figure it out as we go, which is exciting and been a fun thing to bond over. I think over time, but. Um, yeah, I was also part of helping Ben organize his ride across the country. We're, you can talk to me. We're talking. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah. I helped you organize a bike ride. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was fun. I read it only recently in my five-year journal. Well, I guess loosely recently. I think it was the fall or December maybe when you called and I wrote in my journal, Ben thinking about riding across the country for text less of more. And I wrote that, yeah. Yes, yeah, I, and I totally left that out of uh, the introduction, but that's actually yeah. A, 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 yeah, it was a big part. You were a huge part in planning the Eyes Up ride and helped me get knowledge and experience before actually heading out there and were a, a huge resource along the way. And actually, I don't think I've told you this, but in my talks that I give at schools, et cetera, I show a screenshot of the, the first communication that I ever sent about the ride, which was really? a text to you on January wow. 6th, 2021. It was January. Yeah. Wow. But then you just cool. said I called you, what, uh, in February, early February? 
I can't. I can't remember. I thought it was earlier in the fall, but it must have been January because I'm sure you would have. Texted but you texted me when you read it in your five year journal that that call. Happened. Oh, I did. Yeah, it was like not a couple weeks ago. Ah, that's why it feels so recently. Right. Okay, so maybe we had a yeah, maybe we had a phone call later. I probably had started to actually think about it a little bit more seriously. I think that's what it was. I think it was a conversation. Or maybe our first conversation was about was you writing, and then about. Uh, the this the concept of like writing for a reason, uh-huh. and like and like what was meaningful to you. That you could continue thinking about for, the entire time you rode your bike across the country, right. which is a and, long time, and to hold me accountable, and to hold you accountable. Yeah, yeah, and both those things, I think it wasn't obvious to me, but I was I remember when you said it, it was like oh my gosh, of course. Yeah, I think it was the same. Yeah. Like, I kind of thought of partnering with Texas a little more as like a. Yeah, well, I I know some people there. It seems like a pretty yeah. no-brainer. And then, yeah, and then I, as things started to progress, it was more and more of like a duh sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, and yep. uh, so and that was... That's why we're friends. That's why we're friends. <laughs> um, yeah. No, and you continue to be a, a big resource. You helped me with a ride that I did today. But mm-hmm. the a big reason why I came out this year besides hanging out in Hawaii in the winter, which is kind of fun, um, was you created a ride of your own for a good cause. So let's hear about that a little bit. I created a ride. Um, yes. Yeah. I came into this winter knowing that I wanted to ride the three big loops or the three big rides uh, that Maui is known for as a cycling destination, which is one around the West Maui Mountains, one around the East Maui, loop around the volcano that is Haleakala and then going up Haleakala which is a 36 mile ascent to 10,000 feet um, on one road which is kind of cool and I've fallen in love with the concept of big rides as I think you know having done a few of them in the past and always wanting to find something more not necessarily longer but adventurous um, which led to building this whole thing out, knowing I wanted to do that this winter and then coming here. Um, and honestly, also having watched you build your eyes up ride, like community, um, has been very interesting to watch and fun to watch. And part of me is like, Oh, I wish I had something like that. And Ben's building this cool thing, which I think inspired me to then think, you know, I could probably figure out a way to rally some community around this ride. Cause there are those on the Island who talk about the, that kind of ride. Um, and there's a, I think there's a opportunity here to pull the cycling together, bike cycling community together around something. Um, so that was an opportunity, and I hadn't linked those two things quite just yet. And then thinking through kind of what you had been doing and wanting to organize a community beyond just the cycling world, it was like, oh, let me reach out to these folks at Amua Family Services, who I had met this December after organizing, helping organize some of their Petalamua 60-mile ride that they do annually as a fundraiser uh, for Mua Family Services, which is a nonprofit that helps a lot of local families here on Maui, um, and specifically children on Maui who are uh, in challenging circumstance, whether that's um, a familial issue or that's a health issue um, or you know anything um, a mental health issue or learning development issue, any of those things, they have channels for each of those things to help people on Maui, kids on Maui. And I thought, uh, huh, these people seem pretty excellent. I should maybe link all these ideas I'm having together into one big ride 
uh, all around Maui for a cause. And that became Cycling Maui for Family Services, which is why you came out here. So you t- talk about how you got the how you first did you have you done the the rot, pedal for Amua, pedal Amua I, twice or just once? Uh, just once. I wasn't here that weekend last December. So it was December. How did you hear about it, and what was that ride like? Um, I did. Um, I learned about it a year ago when I first moved here, uh, and it seemed exciting to me at that time, but just couldn't make it work. Um, and then this year it was, it's the, it's the only like organized cycling event on the Island. Um, and so how, how are we? Good. Good. I'm just making sure it didn't stop. Oh, um, yeah. First, uh, only organized event cycling event on Maui for, for the year really, uh, that felt to me like had the most turnout. So I was like, Oh, I have to go do this. And also I saw what the cause was for. And it's like, Oh, of course I'm on board with this. Um, so I went to do that and there was a great community that I felt there, um, among everybody, but, but I knew that it was organized and put on by the, the pedal, the Amua family services team. Um, cause I had been working with them to help bring some of Maui's Sunriders, the bike shop where I work in Paia, some of that, uh, as a, like a sponsorship thing that they, that they were doing. They needed help organizing it. I became the point person for Sunriders and organizing it for them. Um, yeah. Where was I? So you, what was the, <laughs> what was the ride like? So it was December, you said it was oh, what, yeah, 50 yeah. miles? 60? Yeah, 60 miles around the West Maui Loop. So um, that's one of the three rides that you mentioned, right? Yeah, What's, exactly. What is that like? Um, the, it's an unbelievable 60 mile loop around all of the West Maui mountains. So the first half of that is pretty flat, maybe gently rolling right along the waterfront for a vast majority of it. Um, and then you round the backside of the volcanoes, uh, and it's just like, it's otherworldly. I mean, you've ridden it a couple of times now. It's like rolling up and down green, lush, dramatic cliffs that just fall off into the pacific ocean um and for a lot of it you can't i mean you can't see civilization beyond just the road in front of you and even that feels pretty old and kind of out there and it's a very special place that not many get to right because yeah you and i rode this last year when i came out to visit and you start we started we went clockwise we started on the the east side of the loop and went yeah went clockwise that way and it's there's not a whole lot of development on the whole route but the first half is really going through sort of resorty stuff and then it ends with the classic golf courses that are so famous mm-hmm. in the golf world mm-hmm. and then it just mm-hmm. stops <laughs> there's yeah, like a, there's almost roughly. like a line on the road yeah. where it says there's nothing past here yeah <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. then it's just I mean yeah, there's some people that live there but it's mostly yeah really remote really remote yeah which is very cool not quite as remote as sections of the East Maui Loop which is also dramatic and interesting which bits of the route that Ben rode today as it turns out um, which was yes. hard let's talk about that for a second not talk about myself but <laughs> this last year when I visited we did the West Maui Loop one of the two or one of the three classic Maui rides, and we also rode up Haleakala, the volcano, which goes mm-hmm. from sea level to over 10,000 feet mm-hmm. in one go, which is crazy. Just one, <laughs> one road that just goes all the way up that mm-hmm. high. And this 
year, well, just today, I rode the East Maui Loop, which is the, I think, for me, it was the hardest of the three. Over mm -hmm. 100 miles and over 10,000 feet versus yeah. Haleakala, which is, it's 70, it's 70 plus miles, but it's really 30, what is it, yeah, 36? 36 up. And then yeah. you're just having a fun time going down. <laughs> yes, and it's steady, and it's, uh, yeah, it, it's the terrain isn't challenging. It's just uphill the whole time. But again, yeah, similar to the West Maui Loop, there's so much change in the landscape quickly, I noticed. Yes. And a lot of it's really remote, which is really cool because uh -huh. I feel like people who visit Maui, or anywhere that's like a huge tourist destination, it's busy, touristy, mm -hmm. obviously, mm -hmm. and you don't really get to see the whole picture of this land. So it was yes. really cool to get to yeah. to see it, and uh, seeing things on a bike is such a cool way to take in the experience, because not mm -hmm. only are you seeing it at a slower pace than in a car, you're actually experiencing the environment. Like today, it was warm and windy for the first half and then it was still warm but rainy mm -hmm. the second half and the wind was coming out a completely different direction <laughs> so well, same direction well yeah different direction relative <laughs> to, to me right <laughs> um but a really yeah it, it's you get a yeah i mean compared to like a cookie cutter vacation on maui which is going from the airport to whatever your hotel is and maybe mm -hmm. like a half mile radius mm -hmm. around that. Mm -hmm. Such a cool way to see it. <laughs> yeah. And you've lived here now for, I mean, in total, I mean, over six months. So I mean, top in, to in total, in about a year, just over, wow. Never has it been over, is just it over, over a year of total time? Yeah. Over so, two stints. So what are some, I mean, you've seen a lot of the island in, in a large part mm -hmm. because of your cycling. So what's, mm -hmm. what have you noticed? over your time here and is there anything that's been surprising or really interesting? Um, surprise, the wind has been surprising. I will say that. Well, yeah, let's talk, yeah, talk about the wind for a second. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did not know that Maui is, is uh, essentially the wind sports capital of the world because of a very consistent wind out of the east, which are the east trade winds that cross the Pacific. Um, just Maui's right in the way, as it turns out. <laughs> All of the Hawaiian Islands are, uh, but Maui particularly. Um, so there's a very constant, uh, a little bit less in the winter time, which my water sports friends tell me, but to me still, still feels like a lot as a cyclist. Um, so that was surprising. Um, it turned out to be excellent training opportunities, I would say, um, but makes for interesting ride choices around the island. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Paia on the North Shore. The vast majority of my bike rides are into the headland coming back home. Good mental challenge. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. right. You get both sides of the coin in a pretty extreme fashion. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, let's talk about your cycling career for a second because the, a big reason why you're here is to train for races. Mm -hmm. And what have those been like? Has the wind, for example, played a role in those? <laughs> and yeah um yeah it's excellent uh playground for for cycling i think generally in a lot of reasons one because i like to do the uh, the 
train to be faster and and be able to take on more challenging rides if that's races uh to a degree yes i love that competitive element of it um, but more so i love the the opportunity to get out and explore and push yourself and challenge yourself to see more of the world than you otherwise could um and that's where maui is a unique place to ride a bike in a lot of ways i think because you can get an almost equal share of all of those things here if you are careful in the way that you select your rides because um, you can have the most draw-droppingly scenic, spectacular adventure ride of all time, <laughs> cruising around some of these loops, which I, I think you now know to be true. Um, but you can also plan incredibly challenging uh, training rides uh, up and down the volcano, 36 miles of uphill right here to go do, or ride straight into a headwind uh, for a wild turnaround uh, and enjoy tailwinds back home yeah mm -hmm. so how is it i mean it's a great place to train how is the training has, have it, has it felt like you've been well prepared for the races that you've done um yes and i think i attribute a lot of that to my to just dis staying disciplined and being passionate about wanting to do those things um and just generally train to get yeah to become a, a better cyclist because my favorite thing in the whole world to do um yeah, last summer took all a lot of races very seriously, as you know, for the first time. Um, did pretty better than I thought I would. You did really well for I mean those, for your first serious for first. <laughs> I will I will take that. Um, yeah, I was I was proud of it, um, and it also just reinforced all of the things that were already burning for me from a passion standpoint of like wanting to to ride more in different places. Um, and find a way to have that be like subsidized to a degree or build some sort of way of life around it um, and feeling momentum in that direction from a success standpoint on the bike, certainly, but then also from a community standpoint uh, in that world and networks that I was branching into and people that I was getting to know um, and slowly refining what it is I like most about existing in the bicycle world um yeah and so and and i guess to answer the question if i can think back to what that was it is um i have felt more success as a result of living here but it's not just because of the riding it's also because of the the focus efforts to continue building all avenues of that cycling connection including community which Mm -hmm. the which and the adventure side of things which you've said to me multiple times is some like when you know after a long racing season what come what you come back with as what you're still most excited about with bikes is those sort of uh those adventures that are coming from just getting out there on a bike in a mm -hmm. cool place not mm -hmm. necessarily the you know trying to win a race yeah yeah because even as I think back to races that I've done and I think back to high moments of those races, it is the opportunities to be somewhere cool and do something hard to prove to yourself that you can do it. Um, and, and that beyond the desire to win a race is what continues to drive me to ride a bike, I think. In fact, I know that's what it is. Um, and to be a part of that uh, for myself, of course, feels very good, but then also to have watched over time as I feel like I've hopefully brought that out in people um, means a lot to me. 
and that's the kind of community that I want to continue to build um, and to feel like I have started that here. Um, yeah, first makes me want to come back here to, to echo that answer to your previous question. Like, there's still something here, and it's moving in the right direction. Not just for me, but I think for, for everybody in this community that I'm trying to, to build. Um, yeah, and at, at the core for me as an individual thinking about riding a bike, it is um, the, it boils down to the passion for being outside, doing something challenging to push yourself to your men mental and physical limit to see how far you can go. And if you can go that far in riding a bike, who's to say that you can't apply those same skills to something else in your life to take on that challenge? Yeah, and I think I think for me, I found what that driving passion is um, and the foundation of all of it, but that's something that I hope to share with others here through this little project as well. Hobie. Hobie's hard. He loved way. barking. Yeah. He loves barking. A lot. We haven't had a barking dog at my parents' house since 2011. And boy, is it fabulous. <laughs> Huskies don't bark. I did not know that about they, Huskies. All they do is, I mean, they bark sometimes, but they only make noise when they're, like, messing around. Do they howl? Yeah, you can, like, make... Our old dog, used to, we used to get him to, like, howl. Wow. But... Our current, my parents' current dog just like kind of sings. What's her? Lucci. Lucci, Lucci, Lucci. You should meet her sometime. She's cool. I haven't met Lucci yet. She's chill. Yeah. She's chill, bro. What was your previous dog's name? Blaney. Blaney. That's oh, you the one did that beautiful art. art. Yeah. Um, Blaney. what time is it? 6.40. I feel like this could go on for 17 hours, so. Yeah. Um, this is I, interesting. This I, is a fun, I've never done this. You know, it's kind of cool, huh? Yeah, and I'm thinking you've now done this a lot. That's so interesting. Yeah, but mostly talking about distracted driving, <laughs> right? Which I guess we could talk about also. But mm -hmm. um, huh. in the interest of time, what were you? What were we just talking about? Uh, community. Um, why? Why bikes? Why by why I what was it something about community and and wanting to uh, uh build something here on Maui I was talking about for a right, while right 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 um yeah so I guess my follow up question to what you were saying is mm. now that you've been on Maui for over a year community you have a big bike ride coming up on Sunday as we're talking it's on sun the upcoming Sunday oh yep. What is it? Why is it what it is? <laughs> and how will it be done? <laughs> why is it the way it is? Then why didn't it happen on Sunday when I, well, uh, we yes, that yeah. as well. Ben was going to come out. Well, he did come out here. And then we unfortunately had to postpone this, this big ride for weather, forecasted weather, which unfortunately turned out to be Entirely untrue. And it, it was, was the nicest day that I was <laughs> the here. The nicest day Actually. of the week. Uh, yeah, that was, that was brutal. Uh, but we got to do other fun stuff, so that was also cool. Right. Including hiking with whales, which was also... That's a, a whole... That's yeah. a, we could talk about that. Oof, well. Yeah, that's a, that's a separate one. Um, so what's the big ride? What's the big ride? It is uh, a 192-mile ride around the entire island of Maui and spiraling up to finish at the summit of Haleakala at 10,000 feet. 
which essentially means uh, it's the entire perimeter. One, you can think about it as one road, which is an interesting way to think about it. Huh. And I just keep following it right, and then at opportunities for right turns, at the, well, the last one coming around, you just kind of go up to the summit. And then you're done. And then you're done. Yeah, which is 192 miles later, and, and almost, I think it'll be just under 23,000 vertical feet. Over half of those, that gained elevation is in the, the last third which of the ride. will be, you'll be Uphill. tired. I will be tired. It Presumably. would be hot. I would be it dead. Would be hot. It would be sunny and hot at that point, which would yep. be less, less fun than probably every other part of it. But that's how these rides go. So what's, I mean, 192 miles, I bet most people on earth have not ever considered doing that sort of mileage. I've never biked that much. Yet. Uh, yet. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, how, I mean, you've done some crazy rides. How does this one in your thinking compare to other rides that you've done of this caliber? Um, it will be hard. It will be very hard. That, that I'm very sure of. Um, but it will also, having, I guess to, to answer the other, like two other long rides I've done, ultra long rides, um, both over just over 300 miles. One was two years ago, which was more or less flat, paved. Where? Uh, from Boston to Rome, New York, with uh, our friends Frank McCarthy. Uh, Frank, I guess, our only friend who rode it. Um, and then there was one of Frank's friends I rode with for a while also. Um, yeah, 300 miles, maybe 14,000, 13,000 feet or so of elevation gained over 306 so less climbing more miles and how long does that one. take that took 25 total hours i want to say or maybe it was 24 total hours 21 moving hours something like that and it ranged for 21 of those total hours oh my yeah. god it's like a steady a steady rain so that was hard that was mentally very hard, especially the, toward the end there, when it got dark for the second time. You know, ride through the night, ride through the day. It gets dark again. It's raining. You're 300 miles in, and you're like, oh, okay, this is horrible. Um, so I know mentally I can get to pretty dark places, ch like challenging places, and, and push through those things, which gives me confidence going to this one. And then a year ago, a 300, I guess 306 probably again, mile ride through Vermont. 34,000 vertical Not just feet. through Vermont, the entire length of Vermont. The entire diagonal length of Vermont, yeah. That a couple others have done before who inspired me to try and do something like this. One of them being Ted King, who did it 20, whatever, two years prior to when I gave it a, a valiant effort. Um, that was 27 hours, 24 moving hours, if I'm remembering those numbers correctly, I think. That's all dirt roads. That's and a lot more climbing. And a yeah. lot more climbing. What was the total elevation gain? Thirty-four thousand. Thirty-four. So this yeah. ride that you're looking at is a hundred and ten-ish miles less. But than both of those rides. Okay, so this ride is a, a fair bit shorter mileage-wise, but right in the middle in terms of elevation. Of those two but ish. right in the middle that's exactly correct yeah yeah so you've done in the past 
both this mileage and this amount of climbing. So how does Correct. this, uh, how are you preparing for it? I guess. Um, just as seriously from, a like estimating times to different places, breaking it down into six different checkpoints where I'll have, uh, people to help me re- refuel and stuff. Um, that's all the same, but that now feels way more familiar and, and, you know, takes less mental effort, still a, a great deal of it, but less so, which has allowed me then to focus on other aspects of the ride. And so in this instance, it's like, oh, this is an opportunity. I now know I can do something like this physically, which doesn't make it any easier, but or less fun, actually. I still love the challenge of that. You know, that stays the same. And then it's like, how do I bring more more people into this experience to, to, to get kind of hopefully get a, a taste of what it feels like to like really push yourself physically uh in a positive way i think and then also to bring um some element of community not just bringing people into the experience but then also like everyone's providing uh for a good cause fundraising for a good cause that is the amua family services team as i previously described yeah so more bandwidth goes to something like that versus the logistics of the ride itself i think that makes sense yeah so you reached back out to the Emua family and you've been fundraising and have done very well with that effort in the last... Man, better than I thought. It's only yeah. been, what, four weeks? Or not even? Uh, it was four weeks to what what to was Thunder. scheduled the, the day, 19th. Right. So it will be five weeks when it's all said and done. Yeah, which is wild. Yeah, started uh, with a goal of $2,500. And I've, again, never done any sort of fundraising like this before, so I didn't know what to expect. I've watched you do it, but, I mean, that's also, like, they're different things, you know? And, like, I, I do, can't really remember how it started off for you, to be honest, because it's a long time yeah, ago right. now. <laughs> so I was like, well, uh, here, it seems like a good goal for, you know, a four-week project versus yours, which was, like, a multi-month It's still year. going. It's still going. <laughs> project. Yeah, you're right. Might be, might be you're a lifelong. Right. Yeah, now. so, like, different scales. Right. So, like, how do I, how do I base off that? I don't know. 2500 bucks. Let's We got a month. And then we hit that in two weeks, uh, which felt amazing. And then it was like, all right, well, I got at that point another two weeks. I'll throw another thousand on there. Maybe we can get another thousand in two weeks. And then we hit that in three days after that. And it was like, oh wow, here we are <laughs> at thirty five hundred, and there's still like ten days left. Uh, let's go to four thousand. Um, and then we hit that one again, and that was right on the cusp of postponing everything. And so now it's we're looking for forty seven hundred. 4750 um, and we're at just at 4350 just or maybe a couple bucks below that right now, um, which has been awesome to see. Yeah, a lot of support and, and encouragement, more than I thought. Yeah, I had, again, no expectations going in. Um, I was very nervous, honestly, of like how this would be received, and it's all been positive, which has been great for everybody involved, I think. You yeah, know? I think yeah. you've seen this, and this was certainly my experience, but when you... People get excited about people doing adventures and cool athletic feats, but yeah. it's a totally different level and quality, I think, of excitement when there's something deeper than just doing it for the glory of... Because, I mean, you've said that only a couple people have ever done, or maybe only one person have done has mm-hmm. done this exact, or as close to this exact As route. far as I know. I don't think anyone's done... Nobody has suggested that anyone's done this exact... This route in this order these the the west maui east maui Haleakala in this order um but i know it has been done at least a couple of times all three in one day yeah 
So, so very few people have done it all yeah. any sort yeah. of combination, yeah. but you're doing it for something that you care about and for an organization mm-hmm. that you care about and their mission yeah. and are giving back to them. And you've seen the positive response from them by mm-hmm. they're obviously excited to have some, some funds. You're a great person. They're providing yeah. aid stations and it should be great. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the uh, another big element actually to get back to the planning of this one was that the the team over at Move Family Services when I reached out with this idea they responded to say absolutely yes, and which was incredible. Can you tell us what we need to do to support you on the day of the ride logistically, and we will do it. And it was like, oh wow, uh, there goes all like the trying to like talk to friends and family or whoever to help take time out of their day to go do this thing for me. Um, and then, and they stepped into that role, which alleviated a lot of the, the mental burden of organizing that, that sometimes most challenging element of recruiting people as support, um, and allowed me to help do way more fundraising stuff. Um, so it's a win, yeah. it's a win, win because people, right. People want right. to be involved and this is a great way for them to mm-hmm. do it. And you'll, hopefully have a couple people join for part of it too right yeah yeah that's the 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 last uh element of this is as i have alluded well not alluded to said directly trying to bring cycling uh more into a central community um on the island and i thought one way to do that could be to have people to invite people to be a part of this ride physically to come out and, and ride for as much or as little as they want um I have said I have to maintain more or less a, a, a steady pace to be able to do this thing, um, but that does not mean that I won't be excited to see you, um, and and be excited for you to, to to be out there riding a bike first and foremost, and then just to be a part of this kind of grander thing. Um, yeah, and so we'll see. Hopefully, people I I know in talking to those in the cycling community here that that a few are trying to figure out where I'm going to be and how they're going to be able to track me so they can try and link up for a little bit. Um, there's a guy flying from Oahu to come over here, um, who I've told you about. Just who, a couple islands over. Just a couple islands over. Well, one island over, yeah, the, the, over Honolulu. But he, uh, yeah, has been also helping promote this ride from his end, which has been very nice. And then was like, hey, I'm going to book a flight and join you for, I think, most of it, actually, which is going to be wild. Um, yeah. Well, that'll be awesome, and I'm excited to see <laughs> yeah. well, a you to complete it, and b to see where it what this leads to because I think I think it's it's a unique thing for this community. I think, and uh, I think people are fired up about like the a, a seed being planted in this world that's kind of untapped. Yeah, yeah I hope so. I really hope so. Um, yeah, especially as I do some some work with with Maui Sunriders here and watching that cycling shop which is an entire different topic of discussion but as they've been new and growing and trying to bring people in um and then i can be kind of a representative of that i think uh not just for sunrise but for cycling generally like there are two things happening it's like let's can we can we build this build something together here that everyone will like as best we can it's like well here's a here's an opportunity and we'll just give it our best shot you know it's all you can do (laughs) that's all you can do yeah, go ride your bike all day. That's all. That's what ultimately what I get to do. So that's right. the selfish element of that. Literally the whole day you're leaving at what one a.m. I leave at one a.m. Yeah, to finish by sunset. 
So that'll be cool yeah. to hear about. I'm excited to talk to you afterwards mm -hmm. to debrief remotely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yep. And so before you head into it, what are some things that you're, what are you excited about and what are you, is there anything that you're nervous about or kind of uh, putting more energy into to planning for? Um, I am most excited because I have thought about what, what I anticipate the highs and lows to be, which does not always reflect what the actual highs and lows will be, as you know from my doing right. anything, really, out, especially outside. <laughs> um, I'm excited to starting, honestly, and riding through the dark on what should be very quiet roads, um, on what I hope and imagine will be a clear sky to see stars. Um, that will be very cool. Um, I'm then excited for the, interestingly, like the last, like maybe 10 miles or so to the summit. Um, because at that point, assuming everything goes in the way that I hope it goes, um, I will, the entire Amua Family Services team will be up there. I'll have some friends who are going to be up there. And hopefully there's a couple of cyclists also who I've been working with to, to get up toward the last few miles. Um, I think that's also very weather dependent also because uh, it could be pretty gnarly up there. And if that's the case, I don't blame anyone for not <laughs> coming out. Um, but uh, that piece of it will, will, I think, hopefully should feel very good. And just summoning should, would, should, would, I keep saying, because, you know, I'm hoping will feel really good. What I'm least excited for is uh, like the, the, really the beginning of the 10,000 foot climb. Um, I'm not sure where I'm going to be mentally i have a pretty good sense of where i'll be physically but mentally i'm not sure where i'll be exactly at that point that's harder to predict i think um and it'll be in the, the heat of the day and there's no shade back there um yeah so that'll be hard i think i i know <laughs> well the good news is you'll only be 36 miles from three six packs of delicious cold athletic <laughs> non-alcoholic <laughs> beer yeah of which or for right. which we are both ambassadors so nice of them Indeed. to hook you up with some supportive yes. product yes yeah they were very kind and uh we reached out with an idea uh to do something cool and and kind of extend the offer for them to send some beer and get some cool delicious non-alcoholic brews into people's hands and they said yeah so we'll have some of those ice cold on the summit I think, I think people will definitely turn out for that, if nothing else, to, uh, obviously to celebrate I hope so, you, yeah. That's and it. I think, yeah, I think, again, hoping for a crystal clear skies with a beautiful sunset going down and all of us enjoying an athletic brew. Be a great photo opportunity. Oh, tell me about it. Looking down on the whole island that I just rode all the way around, that'd be crazy. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be a cool feeling, regardless of whether you can actually see it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, we got to go eat some pizza, but uh, yep. excited to debrief this when you're done, and good luck. I know you'll crush it. Thanks, Ben. Yep. This is fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting thing to say. Yeah, because you, know? you had Double me entendre. here, and now you're here. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for having me, Ben. Yep. Into your little space over here and onto this podcast. Yep. All right. See ya. Later. Hey, it's Ben just peeking in here in the middle of the conversation. Um, just wanted to have a little bit of a segue from the conversation I had with Connor before his ride. 
and after his ride. So this is it. Uh, you just heard the conversation I had with him in person in Maui. And then what you'll listen to shortly after this is our conversation that we had over Zoom. Connor was in Maui and I was in San Diego, a few thousand miles away, but uh, felt pretty close. So enjoy this and then we will talk again at the end. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Okay, Ben. Um, said- all right, Connor. Okay, Ben. Did you listen to that? The uh, did you listen to the first half that I sent or no? I have not. I have not listened. I did watch the whale video, <clears throat> which was incredible. I've actually watched that a few times. Wasn't that trippy? <laughs> because that was unbelievable. I couldn't. I couldn't believe how crystal clear the the songs were. Way more than I thought they were going to be. <laughs> it blew my. I the first time I saw it, I was like, I thought my camera was broken, or something. <laughs> because it was so beautiful it it, it was it was uh it made me think immediately of harry potter you know when he puts the 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 egg thing under the water and then all of a sudden he can hear it yeah (laughs) wait wow goblet of fire i think that's that one i can't really remember that's that's what i thought of immediately was like oh my gosh this is magic this is magic so here we are connor it's sunday march 5th one week ago, so we spoke about a week and a, almost two weeks ago. Yeah, wow, that's right. Because it was right before the day there was, wasn't it? Yeah, the day before it was, it was supposed to happen. Oh yeah, maybe a couple of days after. The days leading up, that right. feels like forever ago. I know. Well, a lot's <laughs> happened to both of us since then. Time flies when you're having fun, right, it Ben? Really- well, yeah, time flies when you're having fun and when you're when you have two queen beds and nothing else <laughs> in a hotel room. Living um, the dream, baby. Mm-hmm. So, Connor, here we are. We're no longer together in Maui. I'm in San Diego. You're still in Maui. Um, the the main thing that's happened between our two conversations is that you went on a big bike ride last sunday i went on a big bike ride the whole of maui and then up to the tip top of haleakala at ten thousand feet yep um uh yeah i i'm i'm not surprised that i still feel pretty worn down but um but a little bit uh and i feel a little bit shell-shocked i think is how i describe in a good way um but it was one of those things where you uh you look forward to it for so long. You put so much time and energy into something with anything, not just a bike ride, but when you have something on the calendar and you just like work toward it forever and then you do the thing and then it's over and then you're just kind of like, Oh, uh, now what, <laughs> you know, yep. it's like, not that I'm feeling a loss of purpose, but like I had a very defined purpose for a very, for like five straight weeks. Um, and it, actually it feels very nice to not have anything immediately on the calendar uh in the cycling realm for a little bit um yeah it's one of those things where i feel super fired up that i did it um and then also equally fired up that it's it's now done you know what i mean um yeah big one 
one. A big one indeed. So I was back in Connecticut when you did this and you had your live tracker going online for people to follow along. You started at about 6.30 Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Or 6, six, six Eastern must time. Have been six because it was 1 a.m. 1 a.m. here on Maui. I was yep. sleeping. I woke mm-hmm. up at 8.30 or something and you were approaching Lahaina. I don't think you had made it. Maybe you had made it to Lahaina already. I'm not sure. Or no, you had made it past there. I think you were in Napili area, like kind of on the, like halfway around mm-hmm. uh, West Maui. That sounds about right. Two, two and, and a half hours in. Throughout the whole day until what, 10 p.m. ish, 9.30 p.m. ish Eastern, you were just yeah. working your way. Yeah around (laughs) yeah (laughs) just cruising baby (laughs) kind of wild to uh to be going about my day and periodically checking oh the dots the dots further along it was very very fun um to watch um after everything to watch all the 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 social media stuff that people had put up including all of your videos of (laughs) the live feed which was video that you were sharing from last winter and we were here together which i got a kick out of um well, it was kind of cool i didn't i didn't realize it was. That. it was smart it was fun it was a fun way to share yeah some of the reality of what i was going through but with video that was a year old well, for the people who didn't get a chance to see this cinematic masterpiece uh this was at, connor was at the last 25% of going up Haleakala to finish his ride. And I was going through my GoPro archive from when we rode it last year and could figure out roughly, because I remembered the sections like of the switchbacks and yep. conveniently had content from basically the exact places that you were at that time. And I put it up yeah. on Instagram as if it was live and, couple of people were like, is this actually live? How are you doing this? <laughs> oh, gosh. I love when you shared. If you were wondering what the visitor center looks like, I can't show you that. But I can show you the ticket booth where you go through beforehand. <laughs> did you have to pay? Like, how did that work when you were getting up there? Um, I, I did not. No, I was uh, a little bit... Um, there was a whole line of cars as I approached, which was uh, a bummer because I did not want to have to stop and wait in a line. And fortunately, I was with two other guys riding at the time who joined me, um, Pete and Jake. Um, and they cruised a little bit ahead of me and very kindly, uh, even though I had a pass, they one of them just paid for me to go through. And as I rolled up behind the last car, there must have been six or seven in line, the ticket woman actually leaned out the window and said you're good to go just cruise by and i said oh (laughs) sweet jesus (laughs) uh and then i just kept going because i I didn't really didn't want to just stand there for like 15 minutes and have to wait so my buddies helped me out you had a checkpoint just past that though right or i had a checkpoint just past that at the visitor center so that was another like half mile up or so yep and then you stopped for brief well why don't you can you walk us through what the day was like is that even possible i'll walk you i'll do my darndest yeah it was uh um (laughs) 
the one thing that I, I, I feel like I did a very good job of thinking all the details through with the exception of, of two of two things. One was um, uh, for all the bike nerds out there, I, I did not replace the batteries in my power meter. So literally 15 minutes into the ride, I got a low ba battery reading on my power meter and I chuckled to myself and thought, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> uh, so that was one thing. Uh, the other thing I didn't totally think through was was the logistics of getting of like going to bed and then waking up and getting to the start point at La Perouse for a 1am start. Because what that actually meant in reality was it's about a half hour drive from Kihei to get there. Um, so I don't know why I just never really thought about it, but it meant waking up at 1145pm. So I went to bed at I went to bed, went to bed at <laughs> like 830 or so I tried to take a nap Saturday afternoon. I'm not the best napper. Um, but yeah, so it was like two hours of sleep. And then uh, because I hadn't thought that all the way through, I was like, we had all kinds of breakfast and stuff. I was with uh, my sister, uh, Kerrigan, and Jacob, her boyfriend. And we, we had all this plans of breakfast and things. And we walk, woke up at 11.45 and we're like, is anybody actually hungry? And we're all like, no, we just had dinner two hours ago. <laughs> um, so that was an interesting one. I did force down uh, a bagel and, and peanut butter on our drive just to get something in there because I didn't want to start totally without anything. Um, but anyway, made it to La Perouse for a 1 a.m. start. It was crystal clear. The stars were unbelievable, and there was no wind, which was excellent. Really? Um, yeah, that was awesome. And then what was also awesome was standing there, and from La Perouse, you can look up the the volcano, Haleakala, and see – you can't see the road, but you can see more or less where um, the the highway is, like 3,000 vertical feet above you up there. Um, and it was kind of surreal to look up there and be like, well, if all goes well, then in about 12 hours, I should be passing right through there looking down on this point. And I was like, wow, what am I going to feel like in 12 hours? I have no idea. Um, but it when was a lot of- you say the highway, you mean like Hana Highway, like what you'd be going- around um it is at that point it's the pe lani highway by by definition but yes it's the one that goes all the way around yeah so like up by maui wine and everything is right there um and i'll tell you it felt very good to just to just start to like take the first couple of pedal strokes and then there's a lot of i think before any big ride there's a lot of anxiety that builds up for me of just like it's uh you do all the the prep work and it's like all right let's just start and then I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it. But then the first time, when do you actually pedal? It just becomes a bike ride. And then it's like, oh, I'm just riding my bike. I'm just not going to stop for a super duper long time this time. But like the mechanics are all the same. It's just pedaling. And I love pedaling. So that felt really good to get going. Um, very still, very quiet for the first hour or so through Kihei going west. And then as I rounded the the you kind of like round this this bend to start going out farther west toward Lahaina uh, and Kanapali and Napili and out toward the westernmost point of the island and right there um I will say was the Maui's a windy place but that was the single windiest experience that I've had on this island there was wow. a crosswind that was ripping through um, to the point where I had to unclip a couple of times because I was getting blown over and I was worried I was gonna have to put a foot down <clears throat> and that was at 2 30 in the morning <laughs> which was crazy 
Um, so the wind was coming nervous. from the west? It was coming from the east. It was the east trade winds that ripped through. But I was kind of moving at a, like, uh, it's, is it North Key Road or South Key Road? North Key Road. But that puts you at a perpendicular to the wind as you're making your way over toward Ma'alaya. Uh. So the wind was coming at me directly from the side. Um, and it was totally nuts. Um, yeah, and that made me a little bit nervous because I was like, if it's this windy at 2.30 a.m. and it was supposed to be windy that day, I was like, what is, what's the rest of this day going to look like? Um, yeah, so that was something. Also had Jacob and my sister driving behind me, which was um, wonderful. And oh, good all the way out there. Yeah, they were going to go just to the, um, what I call the beginning of Adventure Time, like when the road going west tapers off into single lane and then you like wind your way through the canyons of the west maui loop um but we got all the way out there and <laughs> and they were like well we're already here so we might as well just keep coming and we're like well oh, okay um so they ended up doing the first like four hours with me um 60 ish miles before they peeled off at about four oh no approaching 5 a.m i guess and then they went home and went to went to sleep for i presume a very long time and, and I kept was, going. This was your sister's birthday, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was my sister's birthday. Uh-huh. So I gave what her a, a birthday card and a little gift at uh, about midnight before we hopped in the car. Um, and she spent the first, yeah, four and a half hours of her birthday, probably mostly sleeping in the car as Jacob drove. But I also, she was very kind. I gave her my Instagram login information. And so she was um through the day which was very nice she was just reposting all the things that anyone tagged me in so i didn't have to look at my phone at all um which was excellent because that was the primary way that i think people were following along um and wanted to stay engaged with everything <clears throat> and i uh knew that that was going to be a tall order to to to, to ride and stay up to date with all that stuff but she yeah so she very kindly did all that for me which was very nice yeah, it's a huge mental load off your back because no, oh, big that time. I mean, you've been so uh, diligent about posting about it beforehand, so you can't just stop, so you can focus on the ride because everyone's watching or wanting to watch. Yeah, and that was part of what one of the goals of this ride was to like bring people into this experience as best I could, and that's a for better or worse, that's a a critical piece of it. You know, that's that's the the beauty side of social media is that you can bring people into those kind of things. So she was very kind to take the reins. Mm -hmm. So when did the sun rise? <laughs> the sun rose at uh, 6.40, maybe. Somewhere in there. <clears throat> so, yeah. So um, fortunately, I had um, great lights. Thank you, Ben. I still need to send those to you. Um, I don't need them. I'm in a hotel room. <laughs> um, those are great. Um, so I made my way to my first aid stop at uh, Baldwin Beach Park, where I met a lot of the Mua Family Services team, um, which was awesome to see them. Uh, I thought it was just going to be Marnie, but it was in fact Marnie and, and Katie and Dean as well. There were three there at 545. Um, Dean had his dog, which was awesome and fun. Um, and then also there was a guy, um, Jude, who had, uh, he's another cyclist here on the island, who very kindly, I don't know if I told you this, Ben, but he woke up, it must have been like 345, he lives in Kihei, 
he woke up that early and then was tracking me and just crossed the island like through the middle to try and meet me at Baldwin for he wanted to ride into Baldwin with me um, but I was a little bit ahead uh, but as I rolled up to stop I was there for about a minute and I turned around and there's another cyclist and I was like oh my god and it was this guy Jude um, which was and, and he was he was so awesome he was just like I know your pace is going to be faster than mine even like 10 hours in but I just wanted to come and and, and say hello and this was the best opportunity to do it and I was like dude wow. you're the man I know it's very so nice cool. um so met those guys 5:45. I also realized um, one of the interesting things of getting up at 11:45 for a 1 a.m. start is that um, throws your body clock is all off. So I didn't get a poop in before the ride start, which uh, is critical on on any long ride. Um, so that didn't happen. But then made my way. Uh, I live, as you know, right near Baldwin, so I actually deviated from the route for a hot second to poop at my house which was an awesome <laughs> that must have been kind of trippy to go back to your house at uh, whatever it, it was a little trippy yeah and <laughs> uh yeah it felt it was very i was very yeah it was awesome to be able to poop at home i will say um and a little silly and i will say because i deviated from the route um as i was leaving my mom called immediately and she was like is everything okay what's uh what's going on you're off you're off the route oh my gosh yeah so she was uh, also playing paying close attention which was very nice um yeah and then kept cruising toward hana and the goal was to be at that point the goal was to be riding past paia toward hana and be like on the road to hana by six um and i hit that i was, it was just a couple, a couple minutes before six that i was leaving this house to keep riding and i thought nice i was still feeling very good um, I thought we're off to a, an excellent start. And then, and then we kept going. <laughs> just, I was the wind on uh, that side. Cause I was thinking that that was going to be uh, probably the, the worst section for wind. Um, that is, I was worried about that, especially given the Ma'alaya, um, situation that I described, because, uh, I was really hoping part of the planning of this was to be able to go through, all of uh, like the Baldwin Beach area and Paia before the wind picked up. Um, and I, the past few nights before that, it was very windy all through the night. And if there's a headwind, if there's a wind, it's a headwind ripping through there. And I, that would really have slowed me down. But in some dramatically beautiful situation, there was no wind as I did that. So it like was ripping through the middle of the night. And then early morning, it totally tapered off into nothing. So I cruised all through that with no, with no issues, which was awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah, that was a that was very good for the mental the mental game. Um, that felt like a win, uh, and you take every win you can get in those. Well, and for your time efforts. too, it probably made a big difference. And for that, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was fun to to have planned all the different times that I thought I'd be at checkpoints, um, and then be either exactly on or a few minutes ahead uh at each one and the farther i got the more a little bit ahead i was at each one um which was also yeah that felt really good from a from a planning perspective to be able to have nailed all of that which is a testament to fueling correctly also um because that was a that's something that i'm definitely working on on these ultra long adventures is to fuel early and often um yeah so that was that was good um so where... your first your first 
checkpoint where you got new water and stuff, whatever it was in yep. at Baldwin Beach Park? Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, had uh, had all I in the days leading up had dropped off like go bags at all of the different checkpoints with the different um different Amuwa family services staff would be at each of those places. So I, they each had a bag with all the things that I would need. Um, so that made it very easy because I would just roll up and like all the stuff was right there. Um, and yeah, and also just good to see people, you know. Um, other fun fact of this ride was that I was only entirely alone for uh, like 10 miles because I had my sister and Jacob for the whole beginning um, and then rode, rode solo for 10 or so miles to get to Baldwin. And then I guess from Baldwin on to Haiku, which was only another like six or seven miles, um, that was alone. But then I met a guy named Josh. Uh, Josh had flown in from Oahu the previous night. Um, he uh, had very kindly through this whole process been one of the guys who was just like reposting all the stuff that I was blasting out into the world. Um, and was super jazzed up about this whole the ride and then also he had done pedal amua which is a fundraiser ride for amua family services so he knew them um, so he was all in on it which was great uh, he flew in landed at 6 p.m saturday and then by 6 a.m the next morning he was riding with me from haiku uh, and wow. he became my riding buddy for just about 100 miles uh, around all of east maui so i had a riding buddy all the way through that which um was awesome honestly it was better it was it's always a little interesting because you you know i don't know him so just like having somebody show up and like all of a sudden you're really just out there together um you know i don't know his riding style he doesn't know mine i don't know his personality he doesn't know mine so i was a little bit apprehensive um but then he was so totally awesome <laughs> it was it made it so easy and then within a few minutes it was like all right this we're gonna we're gonna have fun together um and it's also a nice way to just mentally not be exclusively thinking about your own issues, mostly being like leg pain and fatigue as that all begins to set in. Right. X when there's someone else in. to uh, to share it, like, you know, someone else is sharing it in some capacity and yeah. you focus that piece of it. And then also like sharing the beauty of the place, you know, because it's uh it was his first time doing East Maui Loop, which was a lot of fun. He had driven out to Hana with his family and back before, but he had not ever ridden the whole thing. Um, so it was really fun to be able to, because I know it pretty darn well. So to be able to, yeah, like get him hyped about things that were upcoming. And like when the sun started to rise, um, we it was so quiet out there because it was Sunday morning. Um, and just watching like the rays of sun start to hit like the misty jungle um, that is that side of, of, of the road to Hana. Uh, the colors were incredible. And it's, it's, it's also cool doing that by yourself, but like way cooler doing it with somebody there to like oogle at everything. Um, yeah. And just have a buddy through the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, Do you guys get yeah. rained on there in that section? <laughs> um, nah. We yes, in in short, and it, but it was only for literally for about a minute, um, and it was I I kid you not about ten seconds after I I said to him if we don't get rained on this is gonna be the best day ever and ten seconds later it started to rain on us <laughs> no way. but it it was it was very short lived um and so that was totally fine yep we also had uh which I thought I had taken a video of but it wasn't recording I was just holding my phone up for no reason 
Um, we had two cows out on the road, which was uh, an interesting surprise, way past any of the ranch areas. So they were just way farther out on this road than than they should have been. I have no idea where they came from. Um, wait, like where? Oh, gosh. Uh, like, like, wait, once you had gone through Hana, past Hana? No, no, between on the road to Hana, going out toward that direction, maybe maybe a third of the way in, but like along all the, the cliffs and stuff. So all the like places where they should be, we had passed by miles. <laughs> so they were just way out there. Um, and they saw us and they naturally got a little bit nervous and took off like full sprint ahead of us. And so we were riding behind these two cows that were like taking all the hairpins and stuff with us for probably I would say at least a quarter of a mile, if not a little bit more, which was uh, pretty surreal. No cars, very fortunately, because they did take a couple of those hairpin turns on the wrong side of the road. And me and Josh looked at each other and we we're like, oh, God, are we about to witness a catastrophe here? Uh, but no, they they made it and they jumped a guardrail and were sprinting along the cliff edge. Um, which also made us nervous because we we're like, we're about to watch one of these things just trip and fall, you know, 500 feet down to the ocean. Oh my God. But gosh. they made That's it as image. far as we know. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's those kind of things that it was really fun to have somebody else there for, you know, be able right. to have shared that. Um, yeah. Um, yep. I liked what you were just saying about uh, you, you, uh, you were trying to record those cows, but you ended up not working it. out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever happened. And then your buddy Josh texted you saying that this one was just for us. And I think that's kind of cool because I, at least I frequently find that or have the temptation to always get a, try to get a video or capture a moment in some way so that I can remember it later on. Yep. But it's kind of cool when, when you actually don't and you're, just really present in that moment yeah yeah i'd agree with that it's it's also riding with somebody i felt less inclined to to take photos and videos um because when i'm out there riding by myself and i do a, a heck of a lot of riding by myself it's like i want i want to share that and in those instances the only way to do that is through photos and videos you know, but like having another person there was also kind of like, oh, I can kind of just focus on being here. Um, yeah, so that was it. It also helped alleviate some of the the pressure that I was putting on myself to 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 document this ride. Um, yeah, which was kind of an interesting thing to not have foreseen, but then have it just be that way it was was nice and then it became because also back there there's like no service or anything so what was i going to do with any, all that anyway at that point um yeah and it was just riding bikes and uh it could not have been a more perfect ride uh truly from there all the way around the backside of hana um and then making your way up the volcano but i'm getting ahead of myself there um but yeah, cruised all through front side of Hana. Uh, met Raynell at Coconut Glens for a aid stop number two. Um, she had a couple of coconuts that we drank. We drank the water. It was delicious. Um, and hung out there for a little bit and then kept cruising. Who is this um, again? Raina? 
right um, now she is she is the point person for dream amua which is the program that all the donated money is going to um that's the wish granting program uh for children on maui who are whom are facing whom who that are facing uh challenging circumstances in their life uh if that's uh familial issues uh or if it's a health related thing um kids are referred to dream amua and then Raynell works with the family or the kid or the guardian whoever um to learn about the kid what the situation is what they want to do what their dream is and then hopefully make that dream come true um so she yeah it's under the umbrella of amua family services and Raynell is the point person for it which I didn't know actually until after all of this. Um, but anyways, she was the one at aid two. Um, and then, yeah, I hung out there for maybe 10 or so minutes, maybe 15 minutes. She had a fair gun, which uh, I took advantage of, which was great. Um, and then, yeah. Well, before onwards. you go into, and then at that point, so check, checkpoint two, how many hours was this in the ride? And how, if you can recall, how was your body feeling at that point? Mm. This was about 115 miles in, um, about 8,000 feet of climbing, and about eight, about just under eight hours of, of total time at that point. Um, and honestly, I was shocked at how good I still felt. I certainly felt like I'd been riding for a while, but I did not feel any more drained um, or fatigued than I did, than I do... Or, I'm used to feeling after rides of like four or five hours. Sometimes I felt the same. It felt like I had kind of plateaued and like things hurt a little bit, but it was a, a normal amount of discomfort. It wasn't dramatic in any sense. Um, and that I think is a testament to two things. One is, is discipline training um, for a very long time now, but then I think more importantly is fueling and just eating so much, so much stuff way more than I than is like actively is comfortable to eat but knowing that I I had to or else I was gonna suffer on the 10,000 foot climb at the end and that's really what I was was trying to prevent and mitigate the pain that I knew was coming inevitably uh, by just eating all of the, of the things um, and and it worked I was feeling excellent as excellent as you can at that point in a ride I think which was good so so eating an uncomfortable amount of stuff just for uh, for people who have no idea what that what that looks like what's an hour of food on this experience roughly if you could break it down um i was shooting for about 85 grams of carbohydrates an hour per hour for the whole day um which if i remember the math from all the spreadsheet stuff i did it was something like like minimum, like 1500 grams of carbs over the day. Uh, but for an, in an hour, uh, to like a full bottle and in a full bottle, there's most of my bottles had 60 grams of carbs from a flow formulas, hydration mix that I use. Um, so a lot of it comes in liquid form, but then also in a, in like in one hour, it'd be like a peanut, a full peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Um, and then maybe, um, like a, a, a waffle, you know, one of those like honey singer waffles, um, and then like a gel or something. Um, so it'd be like each of those three things, plus 
the full bottle of liquid um yeah so and then and then mixing yeah but but being diligent about mixing and matching those things also because if you do the same thing over and over and over again you're going to get tired of it and over the course of of a 18 hour day (laughs) yep yep so a lot of bananas i think i ate six bananas over the entire stretch including one just before setting off um a lot of dried fruit a lot of dried mangoes delicious delicious they are um um a lot of chips uh for salt because those go down pretty easy um yeah Oh, cookies. I baked a whole bunch of cookies the night before and put them in all the aid bags also. Didn't count those in the in the like nutrition plan and just wanted them as little little bonuses. Little bonus. <laughs> uh-huh. Just a little sweet treat at each one, which was nice. Um, yeah, so just eat just eating eating so much. It's it's as much an eating contest as it is a bike, a bike ride for sure. Did you do most of your eating while you were riding or did you try to slam food while you were at the aid stations? Cause I know the aid stations were less frequent than once an hour. So obviously yep. a lot of it probably was on the bike. A lot of it was on the bike. The vast majority was, was on the bike. There were a couple, like the cookies I would have at the, the aid stop. Um, but it was, it was mostly as I planned it, it was like, at this age stop, I should eat these two things, and then I should collect like this, this, and this. Put those in my pockets, and then the, those are the things that I know that I must eat between this age stop and the next age stop. And so that made it mentally pretty straightforward. Like there wasn't much thinking that had to be done; it was all thought through already. So it was just like whatever's in my pockets. I got to eat it over these next three hours until I get to the next age stop and like drink these three bottles of water that I have fueled up here, um, which was good. That was something that I, this is the first time that I planned a route or planned to ride that uh, with that much foresight um, to remove the, like having to think about it in the moment situation um, because any, I mean, you're just using so much energy. You, you want to, focus all the energy into actually pedaling versus having to like think through a nutrition plan for example so my coach was remarkably helpful um in in planning all of that and helping me identify um the different key things that i could plan ahead in order to not have to think about those while i was you know 14 hours deep into a bike ride because it's hard to think about much of anything at that point (laughs) you know right well, and it's cool too that you could you had the ability to structure around the aid stations as well, and you didn't have to rely on carrying everything. And that I don't know, it, yes, it provides a little bit of a framework. Yeah, exactly. And that was uh, one of the most critical aspects of support uh, through this ride was 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 that having people at these different places that I got to choose where they were along the route. Um, and the Amua family services team was just like, you tell us where we need to be and when we need to be there and give us the things that we need for you. And we'll be there. Um, which yeah, helped dramatically in the planning process of all of this. And then I kind of reaped the rewards of that on the day of, and it worked wonderfully. Yeah. So you got your uh, coconuts with with your buddy yeah yep. and then uh, me and josh had coconuts 
and then cruised on. Um, turned, uh, hit the easternmost point, Hana, at uh, just past nine, and then started making our way into the, I would say, more remote and then also drier stretch of the ride that is the backside of the road to Hana on the dry side of the volcano, um, which is an that's the stretch of the ride that I was most intimidated by as I thought through the whole, what the ride would look like. Cause at that point it's becoming an ultra long ride. That's as you round the, the turn there, we, we were at mile one thirty five or one forty, Um, and like 10 hours in maybe as we started to do that. Um, and it's also, it's the dry side. It's you, you know, it, it's wide open there's no shade it is very hot um and i would be hitting that point like as the sun is coming into the highest point in the sky um and it can also be shockingly windy over there because there is no there's nothing to block it it's just the the trade winds just just blasting through um and i one thing that I was thinking about and, and hoping would be the case, and unfortunately was the case, is that on a typical day, riding in the direction I was riding, it would be a tailwind. Um, and fortunately, it was exactly that. It was the most ripping tailwind um, that I have to the point where, um, and maybe I said this to you at, at some point uh, beforehand, but I have never been on a bike and been climbing a hill. And as you reached like the crest of the hill the wind literally would just push me and i could stop pedaling and just like cruise up the last few vertical feet of this climb and starting to like plateau or go down and the wind did it and it was like oh boy what a <laughs> ride uh yeah which was mentally huge because then i i knew that i'd be conserving a little bit more ahead of the climb um, and so that all worked out perfectly. Um, but that stretch also has a lot of the the vast the majority of the very punchy, steep climbs of the entire day. the The most of the ten thousand foot climb, like the crux, all of that is it's endless, but it's relatively gentle. Um, coming from sea level out of the backside upon that is not not those things. it is it is up down up down and all the ups are very steep um so i was not excited about that in the heat of the day wasn't and you know thinking ahead of it wasn't sure how i would be feeling um but fortunately was still feeling pretty darn good and then having the ripping tailwind at that point and having a buddy josh uh who again it was his first time back there so to be able to share that experience with him as he like we rounded there's this one turn that you you kind of kind of go up um, and you get a glimpse of what you're about to ride into. And you can just see this like perfectly paved ribbon road that goes along the side of the volcano. It's wide open and it's beautiful and it seems to go on forever. Um, but to have moments like that with someone who has never seen it before was special and a very nice surprise through this ride, which made, um, yeah, made all of it a little bit mentally easier, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm th I, when you were describing the uh, the wind situation, I was picturing the complete inverse, which was my experience <laughs> doing that. That's right. Where, I mean, I don't know what the wind was compared to what you had, but it was ripping. I would describe it that way as well. Um, but 
in my face because I went counterclockwise. Yeah. So you would crest a hill and then get pushed (laughs) down into a rocket. I would crest a hill and then have to keep pedaling to go down. (laughs) Yeah, we had different experiences, I think. Different experiences. But I'm so glad that you had that at the end of the ride because this happened to me towards the – I mean, it was still the first Mm – half the very beginning yeah 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 um wow and then you just kept going and then just kept going um next aid was at bully's burgers which is through most of the backside of haunted then it's like the the it's a point where um having done the loop a couple times it then feels like you're like making your way back into not really the certainly not the heart of the island, but kind of the place that I was describing earlier, where you can then look down to La Perouse and see, like the black lava rock, which is the youngest land on Maui, and to be able to see, in my case, like where I came from twelve hours prior, um, and rolled into that aid stop maybe twenty minutes ahead of where I thought I was going to be, uh, which felt very good, and so I took a little bit of a longer stop there, um. And had Josh obviously still with me, and then another guy, Pete, who had he was just on a ride. Uh, he had come all the way up from the middle of the island and rode out the backside to come meet us. Um, and then so there were three of us hanging there. Also had my buddy Johnny uh, and his friend Holden, uh, who were out on motorcycles, zooming all around us. Uh, and Holden took a whole bunch of uh, videos, which will be fun, and hopefully we'll put a little edit of some sort together uh in the coming weeks from from cool. what he was able to do um but that was also very nice just to have uh, a, a mental shift you know of now having these two guys zooming all around and like having fun trying to set up shots and stuff was a nice kind of break from just still pedaling but mentally focused on something else which was nice right. although i will say this was also the beginning of when i fell off uh the fueling plan a little bit um because i think of some of those distractions which were certainly fun in the moment but it also i was focused on others and i was less focused on my needs um which in the moment felt fine but it's it's you know you you do something now and then you pay the price for that four hours later or three hours later um, and I, I thinking back on it, that's when I started to, yeah, I felt better than I thought I would. So for some reason I was like, oh, I can check out of the self care stuff a little bit, not consciously, but it just kind of happened that way, I think. Um, and so took a bad poop at bullies in a porta potty. And that was a moment where it was like, oh, this might get a little bit interesting for this last few hundred. <laughs> 2,000 vertical feet I have to climb ahead of this. Um, but yeah, so that was a, a thing that I also, thinking back on it, that was an interesting moment in the were ride. You feeling, were you feeling less good or was that just a sign that... It was that a sign you... that something was slightly amiss inside. I didn't feel any worse. Um, I definitely, I mean, I felt a little bit more fatigued, but still not dramatically so still able to hold uh, a pretty good pace, even going up some of the hills at that point, which was very encouraging knowing what was ahead. Um, but it was, it was a sign of my gut saying you're now, whatever it was, you know, 10, 11 hours in. Um, 
and yeah maybe i just fell off a little bit of the fueling stuff it's also that's i've done a few very long rides but very but few that are that you know 10 plus hours and so i think my gut is also still learning how to digest things that deep into an effort um yeah so it's not a natural process it's not no and there's no way around kind of the trial and error piece of it and how many times can you try riding 10 plus hours and fueling effectively like not that often you know um so it's uh yeah it part of me in my head beforehand knew that this was coming at some point um and was just happy that it happened later in the ride than i thought it was going to um but thinking back on it backing on it i think again part of it was my own deviation from the plan that i had set out because i was becoming distracted and also interestingly what i hadn't thought about when you look at the mileage at that point like I was, at that point i was 160 miles in so mentally knowing it was a 190 mile ride it's like i'm almost done <laughs> but i wasn't you know <laughs> and that was a really interesting mental game to play because for the f- the first 10 hours i'm 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 not really cruising, but I'm moving pretty good. And then all of a sudden the gradient increases and I slow down. Um, and for the whole first 10 hours, I'm making such good progress, looking at the mileage, getting closer to the 190 goal. Um, and then I see, you know, 150, 160. It's like, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. And I know there's a, at that point, like 8,000 vertical feet up, just relentless uphill that still needs to happen. But I was starting to get to the point mentally that was like, I'm almost there, which in my experience on any ride, once I get to that point of I'm almost there, I, I start to lose track of the food and water stuff a little bit. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I can just, I can make this last push. But in this instance, the last push is 8,000 feet up. So that was a, that was a whoopsie a little bit. <laughs> but it's so, it's, it's such a natural thing to happen. I feel like, cause you're, you're 160 miles into this thing you have such a small percentage of the distance left yeah yeah exactly it feels so but it's the hardest that's the hardest bit yeah it's the hardest bit and that i mean yeah that was another four to five hours of pedaling that i still had to go and like that's on any any that's a long ride in and of itself yeah most people haven't ridden that much ever (laughs) and that's the last uh and that was the last chunk 20%. 20%. Yep. So you hit this, you hit bullies, you had a bad poop, you were 160 miles in. Yep. And yep. then it, was that when it were, were, it was pretty much just all uphill from there, right? Um, Pretty much. Yeah. It's kind of still rolling uh, rollers up and down a little bit of flat, but a net uphill Um, as I continued to like round the, the volcano and make my way back to the, what I kind of call this, the center of it, uh, where Kula is the township. Um, and then there is a, there's a kind of a flat stretch before you take a right-hand turn to, to start going up. Um, it's like a two mile up. Um, and then what I was looking forward to is a, it's like a mile or so of just straight downhill. And that's and at the bottom of that, well, not the bottom of that, but a mile into that descent, you then hit Crater Road. And that is the turn to the National Park. And that sign says, Haleakala National Park, 22 miles, no food, no gas. That's the sign that everybody knows. Um, and so at that point, 
um, what was awesome and a, a wonderful surprise was seeing uh, my good friend Ollie from Ollie Ollie Pizza, um, one of my very good buddies. Um, he was there in his purple flip-flops and little e-bike and t-shirt and shorts, um, which was a hoot to see. Uh, and then this other guy, Jake, uh, who I did not know, uh, but now know, um, those guys were hanging there uh, and waiting for us to arrive. They were following us, you know, on the, the tracker thing. Um, and at that point, Josh, we said goodbye to Josh. He was he cruised back down to Haiku. Uh, so he finished his loop. Um, and then so at that point, it was me and uh, and Ollie on his little e-bike uh, and Jake and then Pete was still with us and the four of us took the right hand turn and started to go up um, and I oh, was so jo- Josh is the guy from Oahu right yeah yeah oh, so he didn't go I thought he went all the way up to the top with you and he didn't though he did not no he just did he just did East Maui um, he yeah I I didn't really know how long uh he was gonna be joining for when when he showed up and we you know in the first little while we were talking about it and he's he has his own training plan that he's doing for for his own you know uh like bike season um and i you know it made sense if east maui is a huge ride in and of itself for him it was a 10 uh, 110 mile and eleven thousand foot day i think when it was all said and done um yeah and to add the volcano makes that an enormous ride uh and he was like that's that's (laughs) i don't have that in me today (laughs) i said yeah that seems totally fair um so yep say goodbye to him the four of us started to cruise up um and that was uh i was really not looking my legs really were starting to hurt at this point uh pretty good and i was not to the point of like collapse but to the point of like this is really gonna suck for the next four hours or so going up this thing big time and if they hurt now, what on earth are you going to feel like, you know, four hours in? Because there's no opportunity to recover. There's no descending to be done anymore or even flats to be done. It's like either you're pedaling and you're making progress or you're stopped. Those are the, your only two options. Um, so, yeah, that was a wasn't looking forward to it but once the four of us were cruising together and i was kind of hanging in the back with ollie uh who who i know the best of of those four guys at that or those three other guys at that point uh oh we were having we were just like laughing at the fact that this was happening and we were just we talked about this for a while leading up and then and i didn't know he was going to be out there so it was a fun surprise to see him and his his wife naomi another friend of mine from uh i sling pizzas with him uh, she was slinging in the pizzas. car slinging pizzas. That's what we do. We sling pies. You make pizzas. <laughs> yeah, we make pizzas. Um, but call it slinging. We're slinging. We're slingers. Pizza slingers. Um, but she was there in the car, uh, taking photos and videos and stuff for fun. Um, and even though Ollie only <laughs> rode one single mile, uh, and then turned around because they had to go actually make pizzas because <laughs> that's what they do on Sunday afternoons. Um, it was. It, yeah, it was like a, a kind of a mental reset to like hang out for a little bit um, and made that at least that first mile go by very easily um, from a mental standpoint anyway. Um, yeah, and then kept on going. Um, and honestly, that next stretch, like until the visitor center is is kind of a blur. It was more like just just put your head down and follow the wheel ahead of you. The grind which for me was was Jake. Uh, 
yeah and and pete um it was really nice to have them like essentially pacing me um because by that time i've been riding with pete for a while so he knew the pace that i was holding uh, so he would just he still had his little power meter so he would just like keep it at a, at a number um and i would just follow him um which made it a little bit a little bit easier um yeah it would have been a slog alone i think big time um yeah really nice to have those guys yeah but this is the first time that i've kind of thought about that stretch and i, I honestly i don't really remember much ben <laughs> well it's like you said before it's pretty much the same thing for a long time obviously the yeah. ge- the topography or the topography doesn't change but the geography changes you get, you're higher up but it's, yeah you're just going up you're just going up yep and it's every it's just like all right there's the next hairpin got to make it to that hairpin and then you make it and then you see the next one it's like just got to make that one and then just got to make that one and then just got to make that one and that just goes on for a long time um and, and you and, had and, done this before too so it wasn't like it or this road a bunch of times so it wasn't like you were taking in new experiences no yeah and at this point i was doing far less looking around it at everything and it was more just <laughs> okay i'm ready to to finish this thing and be done um yeah just relentlessly up for a very long time so, um, so the next stop was then the the visitor center the next uh there was one stop at uh just before um you leave the residential area and it opens up into the ranch land um which is at maybe 45 oh, maybe 4000 feet vertical feet or so um it is my having ridden that road a whole bajillions of times um it's my favorite p stop on the way up so that's why i picked it as an aid stop because it has a beautiful view of all of the island um and it's kind of there's a good like pull off like off the road so met some of the crew there um for a couple minutes and at that point also it's like I, the longer you you are you stop the more challenging it is to then get going again mm-hmm. so i was trying to keep that one relatively sh- short as best i could and just get all the things i needed and keep moving um and then in my head it was just like get into the vis- get into the park just get into the park and once i'm in the park then i know it's it's still 12 miles and, and three thousand feet but it's also the gentlest average gradient from that point and so i was like that's just just get into the park just get into the park um did and finally did but i did have to take a side of the road poop before the visit before getting in because i was not going to make it i know and i told i at that aid stop at whatever four thousand feet i said i think i'm gonna have to i can feel some bubble gut going on and i think I'm, i'm confident i can make it to the visitor center bathroom um and then <laughs> there was a sad moment when uh some of the staff uh from a move family services they they zoomed into the park already because they were getting you know that eight stop set up and i saw the car coming back down i thought well oh, that's interesting and they leaned down they said uh the bathrooms are close at the visitor center no and i said ah, <laughs> uh yep so i pooped on my side of the road in the bushes how'd that go <laughs> 
Uh, it happened. It's not my first rodeo doing that, and I'm confident it won't be my last rodeo doing that. Um, but fortunately, someone had some uh, a little doggy bag uh, and some wipes and everything, so we uh, we took care oh, of that beauty. as best we could, mm-hmm, which was great. Um, yep. So that happened and felt way better after that. Um, uh, not like good, but better than I was. And then into the park, um, and then it became colder and windier and and wetter, um, which was also. So it was raining. Uh, not raining, but just like yeah, we were just in the clouds, and it was windy, and so everything just got kind of wet, you know, just damp. Everything's damp, and you're at, at that point seven thousand feet plus, so it's cold. Um, but that yeah. adds to the the mental challenge, I imagine. Uh, yes. Yeah. Finger started to get very cold. Toe started to get very cold. Um, so the aid stop at the visitor center, uh, was also short and sweet, uh, just to keep moving. Um, cause also you know, you're using so much energy just to, to pedal that it's, uh, it's hard to keep your body warm also. So had fortunately had thought that through, had all the layers and put all those things on. Um, and then so the, essentially the final, the final chunk to to the tip top um which took way longer than i wanted it to but i expected that to be the case given that i was at that point 180 miles in and what 20 20 20, feet of climbing in um uh, and that's another one where i i really i don't remember any details except for like staring at at that point it was just jake pete had turned around so just staring at his wheel and feeling very thankful that i had someone just to, to stare at because like as long as his wheel is moving i just have to follow that and that's the only thing that i have to think about um a fun here's a fun thing ben that was i had not thought about um but of course makes all the logistical sense in the world is that anybody of my friends who were coming to the summit to like celebrate, they had to pass me. I don't mm. know why I hadn't thought of that, um, but it, it just hadn't occurred to me that I'd be seeing all these people go to the summit. Um, and that was the biggest motivational push um, ever was to have people driving past. And then he and Hans, who, you know, uh, friends here, they just went up and down next to us a few times mostly just saying silly things (laughs) Um, uh, but that that's also my personality so that was it was super fun just to have that happen a few times Um, yeah Uh, Hobie is their dog and uh, Hobie was not there but (laughs) one of them that made me laugh out loud um, which was really something at that point but they were driving past coming down the road uh and hans was leading out the driver's side and he just said do it for hobie (laughs) and i lost it uh which was a a nice little mental breather for a second um but yeah to start to see people go up to the top like that knowing that i was i was riding i was riding for me but i was riding for them also at that point it was like i i can't i can't put a foot down i have to just finish this thing because they're waiting for me um that was a big one. That was a big one. That kept me going. Yeah, and it doesn't um, take. Well, it's it's. A, I think it's important to t- uh, 
be able to have something to take your mind out of the dark and darkening hole that you find yourself in at that point in a, a ride like that probably yeah yeah like yeah just, just to, have something to latch on to yeah people who yeah. have no idea what you're feeling and experiencing maybe they can imagine it but they're just like coming up from maybe having a nice relaxing Sunday and they're going to celebrate <laughs> you and they're screaming <laughs> stuff out the car. Like that's, that's a cool thing to, to have at yeah, that point. That was, that was special. Um, yeah. I also, there was a, in that final 13 miles or so, Jake and I had been chatting for a while going up and then it got to a point where I was like, Jake, I don't have, I don't have any, I can't, I can't talk anymore. Like I just need to, I just need to pedal. And that's when he, that's to get back to the just looking at his wheel. He was like, "All right, where do you, do you want me in front or behind?" And I was like, "I just could I just stare at your wheel right ahead of me would be great." And so we we did, then didn't talk for like a couple of hours probably as I just pulled him up with the only oh, what, a, what a good yeah. guy yeah he was a good dude and he, um, he just ran into him by coincidence um yeah well through all of the like pushing this out into the ether um he is in a uh, I think it was through a Facebook group for Maui cycling, like our Maui cycling community here. Um, and he said he just caught wind of it and was following along and just wanted to be a part of it. And so just, yeah, drove up to that, uh, to the beginning of Crater Road. And and right from there, he was like, I'm going to the top. We're, I'm going to the top with you. And I was like, okay, all right, great. Cool. Yeah. So that was, that was nice. Um, so yeah. what can you remember what was going through your head at this point, or was it not much other than like, oh, I can't wait for this to be done? Yeah, it's it's mostly it's mostly that at that point, to be very honest with you. There's not much energy for any other thoughts of things. And at, at that point, it's it's uh everything sucks, honestly. I mean, bubble gut is happening, everything hurts a little bit. I'm cold, my shoulders are super tight. Um, just from being hunched over the whole time. Um, but at that point, it's also like, I, I can't not finish this. I'm close enough that I, I know I can physically do this. It's just going to be brutal to get there. Um, and that's an interesting place to get to, I think, mentally. Because um, for a lot of, of any big ride, for a lot of it, it's like, I don't, I don't know, you know, like there's still so much ahead that I don't know about this and then you get to a point where it's it's like i'm close enough that i know i can do it um which is encouraging but it, it doesn't doesn't make it happen any faster unfortunately you know no yeah and like you said it, uh, earlier about uh you know you get to the the last bit you're almost there it's almost mentally harder like the closer you get yes yeah i would agree with that it does get mentally harder the closer you get <laughs> you just want to be done at that point it's like it's not beautiful anymore especially at that point because you couldn't see anything because it was you were in a cloud yeah. um so there's nothing to look at anymore <laughs> except for just pedaling um i did have to let all my buddies know that I, I sought for another poop right at the the first parking lot which is only a half mile from the summit but it's where the bathroom is um so there were people up waiting for me at the observation area already uh and and, and talking to them afterwards there are people who saw me just pull off and they're like is he finishing there what's going on and then they learned no he just has to poop <laughs> so, so i had to take care of a business real quick 
um, unfortunately, so that I could actually enjoy the celebration a little bit instead of just holding in a, a bad one, you know? So that was that. Well, yeah, I had a question on that because did, oh, did nice. Jake yeah. just um, dive into yeah. that? Yeah. Um, did Jake uh, just he waited like, hold your hair back or <laughs> uh no he very kindly uh again we weren't really talking but at some point I, I just said to him i was like dude i'm not i i have to go to the bathroom before that final kicker i i have to um and so i just peeled off and went in there and he very kindly he followed me um to where you like have to get off your bike to then walk and he was like just i'm gonna hold your bike you do what you gotta do and i was like thank you Thank you so much. Uh, yep. So I went and did that. Uh, and then as you know, from climbing the volcano, the last, that last half mile is the steepest part of the whole, the whole thing, um, which is brutal. Cause you can literally see the top. It's like 300 vertical feet away. Um, but you have to, is a, a spiral spirally half mile road to get up there. And it is very steep. Um, and that was uh, that that sucked more than any other part of the entire day for sure. However, uh, it was also one of the moments that I will remember um, most clearly for forever as I think back on this ride, um, because it was in that final half stretch that all of the uh, the crew that I work with at Maui Sunriders they as it turned out, had been just, they finished work at four and I, I got to this, it's an hour and a half drive to the summit. Um, and I finished at five 30. So they had exactly enough time to get to the top and they caught me right then. And wow. yeah. And to, I could just hear shouting like real and like intense, like people fired up. Um, and I just looked over and I recognized Luke's truck um, and I just saw them all like hanging out the windows and stuff, just going ballistic. Um, and yeah, that, that, that did it. Um, that's cool. Yeah. That got me, that got me to the top. It was, it was that crew coming up. Um, yeah, there was a burst of energy that I felt, uh, to, to push all the way through. Um, at that point, you know, it's, it's less than a quarter mile left, but boy, is it hard to pushed through that and they they did it they got me there and that was it that was a wrap Woo. and then you biked all the way down <laughs> oh god uh no definitely did not jake almost did though and and then uh all of us were like what is what are you doing it is freezing cold you should not and do darkening that. and it was getting dark <laughs> yeah yeah uh so we gave him a ride down too um yeah zero interest in running down that volcano at that point absolutely zero less than zero i couldn't yeah oh, but yeah everyone was up there um it was a, a a beautiful a beautiful moment it was short-lived because everyone was freezing um and and i i you know finished and then uh immediately took layers off like and got a dry shirt on and, and put coats on and stuff and within three or four minutes i was shivering uncontrollably um and so I was like, okay, we, I should leave this place probably pretty soon. Um, and yeah, and that was, that was the wrap on the day, Ben. And you had wow. quite a crew up there to support you. Like what a, what a neat way to finish versus what, you know, you could have just been solo up there 
couple sunset watchers who don't know you but you had a bunch of buddies <laughs> yes. which is such a cool way i had a bunch of buddies yeah dean um from amuva family services he's the executive director and he oh man he's a, he's a good dude he just as i was making that final little push he was just shouting at the top of his lungs kind of what i was doing you know who i was and, and why i was doing this ride and and what it meant um and of course, I, I mean, watching the videos, it's he's so loud. But in the moment, I couldn't hear anything. It was just like just finished. Um, but because of that, like everybody who was up there, just you know, just the visitors up there, all like consolidated around <laughs> around me. Um, and all of a sudden, like I, I, you know, finished, got the warm layers on and turned around and there must have been like 20 or 30 people. I knew like a third of them and everyone was just staring at me and everyone had their phones out. And then people just started firing off questions like it was a press conference. Oh my God. Hey, Connor, Connor, Connor. <laughs> yeah. People were like, what's the cause? What are you riding for? And then it was like, what was, what was the hardest part? Like, how was the ride? You're like, bro, uh, I'm a little tired. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of that was a wild one. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you know, I did what I could to answer everything. And then people started kind of just because it was also freezing and windy, kind of just like leaving. And then it was like, okay, yeah, let's all let's get the heck out of here. It's it's cold. Um, and then that became that's that's where the final poop comes in because after all <laughs> the the energy of of all that kind of wore off, it then became oh my god i have to go poop immediately and i it, it was coming on so strong um yeah so then had to to delegate all the things and i was like to all my buddies up there can you take all of this stuff and i need someone to drive me back down to the bathroom <laughs> right now uh yeah so my there's friend, no there isn't one at the top right there is not one in the observation area you have to drive back down that little spiral for a half mile to get back to the main parking lot um yep so went and took care of business for uh what was that one two three the fourth time over the course of the ride um and then climbed into the back of uh Raynell, who is her her jeep she had put a little makeshift bed in the back of her jeep which was very nice um yeah and and just wow. laid down there for a while yep. while she drove you down yes which was in the moment it felt amazing to just lie down in a warm car uh but i also knew i was like oh there's a lot of twists and turns that we're about to do here this could get really interesting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and about two hairpins in i had to be like right now can we can you stop the car I, I need to get in the front seat i feel horrible um so that was a short-lived experience but it was lovely while it, it lasted <laughs> yeah until yeah. it was horrible yeah yep um yeah, then cruised all the way back down. Uh, went to go see my sister because again, it was her birthday. Um, and she you was had to go cook her dinner together. I had to cook her dinner. Uh, she had a little get together at Mahalo Ale Works. Um, and I swung by to say a quick hello. And uh, I did eat a pizza there. It was very, I'll admit, it was really hard to eat. Um, my body was not ready, even though. In an interesting conundrum, um, all it needs is food at that point and energy, but it is incredibly difficult to get that down. So I struggled through pizza, but I did do it. And then immediately went to sleep when I got home. Whew. Wow. Thanks. And then 
did you wake up incredibly hungry? Um, not no. in the immediate. Um, but it it my appetite came back, which I have experienced uh, after other very long rides like this. It 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 when it comes back, it happens slowly, but then it only gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, so yeah, woke up and and just put a bagel in the toaster because I knew I still didn't feel that hungry. But the second I like took a bite of it, it was like, oh boy, wow, here we go. So bagel and egg. Um, and then immediately after they, that made a stack of pancakes, had a stack of pancakes. Um, and then just lied on the couch for about three hours. And that was the first time that I actually went back through all the social media stuff. Cause I, I didn't have my phone after the ride. It got lost in a bag somewhere. And so I didn't really do anything with it until the following day. Mm. Um, so I just laid for a while. Um, Naomi, uh, who I mentioned earlier, she brought down a, a pizza that they she and Ollie made them the day before um, and some soba noodles, which was very kind of her because the last thing I wanted to do was cook at that point. Um, and the second I saw this was around lunchtime, the second I saw those the soba noodles, all I could think about was soy sauce. And I just I was craving soy sauce in a way that I haven't craved a food item in a very long time. I think it was just my body needing salt. And so I just drowned those bad, bad boys in soy sauce and took them down. Ugh. Wow. Yep. yep. How, what's, what was your approach to, uh, to your legs? Cause I imagine sitting in a, <laughs> cause you go, you get, you get to the top. I'm just imagining mm-hmm. you're cold, you get cold. Then you put you in your locked in a seat in a, in the passenger seat of a car for ninety minutes on the way down, and then mm-hmm. probably when you get back, the last thing you want to do is stretch or anything like that. Like how how did your body respond to this whole thing? Um, yeah, I I I did not do any sort of proactive recovery on on the night, like after the ride. I was, which is I totally was, understandable. Yeah, I, was too I don't tired think to anyone do, to do any of that. Um, honestly, legs felt pretty, I mean, they were definitely tender little chickens for a a little while, but, but way less than I would have anticipated. Um, but I, I will say the second, like I started to walking around was okay. And then like starting to bend down to like do anything and like engaging the muscles of my legs. Uh, that was, that was a, a, a big challenge, mostly just for Monday. Um, that was yeah that was hard i did toward the end of the day finally when i motivated getting off the couch i did some restorative yoga and boy oh boy is that a dreamy experience it's just mm. oh man can't get enough of that yeah. do that every day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe should do it every day actually probably mm-hmm. yeah it's hard can't do everything can't do everything no but so now uh, it's been yeah. almost a week huh and um you said that you're still feeling tired right yeah i was pretty exhausted mentally tuesday wednesday thursday uh i was back at the bike shop uh working but i, I have to say it was very hard to to focus on on anything and i think a piece of that was the obviously the ride but then also being so focused on the execution of this ride and the planning of it for like five weeks. And then all of a sudden the stress of that was gone. And it was like, Oh man, I don't want to focus on anything for a little while. Um, so yeah, Friday, I felt like kind of 
100%, not 100%, but I felt like a normal person again. Um, but then had some intervals on a training ride yesterday. That was a, a, we were kind of testing where I was physically and I'm definitely not all the way back. And then today was just a long ride, nothing dramatic in terms of intensity, but just a long one. And it was also like, oh, wow, my, my body still hurts pretty good. So it takes a while, but right. boy, is it worth it. Yeah. Wouldn't change anything. No. Yeah, well, so you talked about how the last bit of the ride was really hard and you were excited for it to be, like, just to, to finish it and get it done and it sucked. So what's the, like, why do you enjoy getting yourself to a place like that and what keeps you going back to wanting to do more of these? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I love, I love, I love pushing myself. I love seeing, I'm so curious about the the limits of my own physical capacity and, and mental capacity in, in that regard. Um, and so that's like the physical piece of it, but then there's also the adventure piece of it for me, which is like how you can go some unbelievable places and cover some crazy distances on a bike. And it's like seeing what other people can do. It's like, oh, could I, could I do something like that? Like, what would that feel like if I did that? Um, yeah. And, and every now having done what, like two, two 24 hour rides and then, and then this bad Larry. Yeah. You, you finish them and it's, uh, everything hurts and it's brutal, but there's also every time there's been a piece of me that's like, I, I know that I could have gone a little bit farther. That wasn't, that wasn't the limit, you know, it was brutal and it sucked, but like, there's, there's more, there's more in there. And now it's like refining the process of being able to take on something like that. And it's like, wow, if you really plan these things out and focus and train, you can, your body's capable of so much more than anyone thinks that it is, you know, it's just like, yeah, taking the, the, carving the time out to go do it. Um, and that's all the, the 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 me kind of piece of it. But then it's like having now been deeper into the cycling stuff for for a while, and talking to other people about it, and and having people like, it's wild to think that I I am someone who might inspire others to to drive themselves to do things like that. I don't think maybe not that scope, but you know, but to push them to do a little bit more than they thought they could do because that's all I'm doing, you know, I've just been doing it for maybe a little bit longer than the average person. And so the scale is different, but the experience is not, the experience is the same. Um, and so for someone else to push from like a, you know, a 20 mile ride around wherever they live to like, oh, maybe I can go to the next town over and make this like a 30 mile ride, that incremental change and that step that they take is, is the same sort of mental challenge that I face when I take on something that's way longer than what I normally do. You know, the scale is different, but the experience is not. And and it's really, I love being in a place where I think I can drive others, hopefully, and inspire them to to take on some of these challenges to realize realize that they can they can do more than they thought they could do. Also, you know, and that's why I am staying so engaged with all this because. Yeah, I feel totally exhausted, 
this this past week, but I also feel more fulfilled in regards to riding bikes and what that has done for me and for others. I feel more fulfilled now than I have after any other super long ride that I've done because this one, yeah, it was a solo effort, but it was, there was so much community surrounding this one. Um, and that's, that's why I like doing it. It's bringing people into it. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's fun. And I, I like to think that other people think it's kind of fun too. And kind of cuckoo. Yeah. I mean, I, you had a, you had a great community of people following along with the adventure and you did a great thing for the Emua family community. How did everything wrap up with, uh, with fundraising for that? Uh, just shy of $6,100. I do believe um, someone just donated yesterday, which was very nice um, a few days out. Um, but yeah, I mean, initial goal of 2,500. And I thought that was kind of a long shot because I had no idea what the heck I was doing. Um, yeah. And by golly, 6,100 bucks is kind of nuts. Um, yeah. And it's, it'll be fun to, to watch. Cause I've, I've asked if I could, uh, I, I want the, the, uh, those, especially particularly right now, it's her program, the dream and move program. But I was like, people who are invested in this, people have been asking me like, where does the money go and, and who's it helping? I was like, can you can we find a way to promote and to like share the stories of these kids in in the immediate who are directly benefiting from the money that we raised? And she was like, oh, for sure, we can find a way to do that through. It'll be through social media stuff. Um, but she's like, yeah, assuming you know kids and families are okay with it, then we can we'll be happy to share all that stuff. And that would be really cool to see. And I feel like we really helped. You know, the money's yeah. I love riding my bike, but it's it's this is unique for me so far in that is riding a bike and doing something good you know for, yeah. for the local community here yeah i mean yeah. you did yeah you did a, a great job and i think you're you've uh, you've tapped into a lot of your strengths and skills that you've been working on not only the bike riding but the social media aspect and just getting people excited about a specific thing and I think that paid off in, uh, you can see that in, in how successful you were with the, the, the following along the fundraising and now, yeah. you know, how, how, uh, how much awareness has been raised for this cause. So I hope you feel good about that, Connor, cause you did great do, work. Ben. Thanks buddy. Yeah. It was a heck of a fun project um, that really spiraled into something far larger than I thought it ever would. Um, but yeah, I think a testament to hard work and yeah, I don't know, others' hard work also. You know, it wasn't just me putting this all out there. There's a few others who helped out along the way. Um, team effort, solo ride, but but team effort doesn't happen alone. Right. It's hard yeah. work and it's something that you believed in and were passionate about. And I think that makes it, people are way more willing to help you, it seemed like, and it probably felt less like work than it could have otherwise felt. <laughs> yeah. And I think you're probably right about that. Yeah. Feeling very, very content over here and very, yeah. Proud and, and humbled by the whole experience also. It hasn't totally settled or like sunk in, but talking it through like this is, is I think has actually been very helpful in the processing, the processing. realm. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that one of your 
Buddies is potentially going to put together a video. Um, what's the? Mm-hmm. Do you have any sort of sense of timeline or expectation for that? Um, n- not really timeline. Other than uh, I'm going to go meet him tomorrow afternoon. Um, and I think more or less have a, a similar conversation that that you and I are having. Um, where he has some questions and and he wants to interview and and film the interview, which would be kind of interesting. Um, and then I'm just going to give him all of the footage that I've collected from anything that I took, but also from what Holden took and from a few others who are out there and just give it all to him. Um, and he just, yeah, he very kindly was like, I'll donate my time to put together a, a sweet video to like, yeah, to share this adventure and this experience and this cause with everybody. Um, so I don't know. I will keep you posted with timeline, but I have, I have no idea. He's doing it out of the goodness of his own heart. So I will kind of let him, you know, take the lead on timing. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll look forward to seeing that one. (laughs) As will I, that'll be kind of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a cool way to help you look back on it and uh, continue to, to process it and probably help you look ahead and feel excited to what's next, which is going to be what? (laughs) Oh, golly gee, Willikers. I don't rightly know. Um, I had somebody ask if uh, they said they would next year, they would donate a thousand dollars if I could, if I could circumnavigate the big Island and then climb Mauna Kea, but that is like 10 times harder. <laughs> so I haven't even mapped that I'm going to map it. Cause I'm just curious what the metrics are. But um, for those who, who don't know, Mauna Kea is zero sea level to 14,000 feet over 46 miles that's an even bigger steeper climb <laughs> and the big island like, itself is yeah. crazy right just that is nuts and the island is is as big as every other hawaiian island combined so like that's i don't know if that's really possible but i am curious thousand dollars <laughs> donating ticket i mean it's for a good cause and maybe they should sweeten the deal it's for a good cause yeah maybe i'll map it right now just out of curiosity but I don't know. It's I, way I way think, too soon to have something on paper for for a next challenge. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Gotta fully well, digest this one first. I know. Yeah, but it's. I mean, you're also getting back to your because you have a a season of races that you're that's definitely on the horizon that you're back to yep. training for. Yep. Yeah. So this was this was a big uh from a cycling perspective. This was a big off season goal was to to uh, pull off a big ride all around maui um and then yeah so some racing in oregon in april and may um and then uh, hopefully a couple of races on the east coast while i'm out there in june um and then i'll be boulder based july august probably september um and have a few races out there and i think the big one well i know the big one will be the Gravel World's Long Voyage, Ben, August 23rd, 24th, which is a 300-miler. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I have the capacity to, like, do a, a you know, building community into that, aside from just maybe trying to, to just share the the experience of that, but that, that will be a competitive one, and I've never done one of these ultra rides in a competitive environment, um, but that seems, yeah, that'll be interesting. I... I got in touch with the guy, the guy who runs Gravel Worlds uh, came out to Maui and I went for a ride with him. So I know him a little bit. And then their primary sponsor is Pan Racer. Um, and I am fortunate to be a Pan Racer ambassador 
this year. So between those two connections, it seems like kind of a no brainer as I wanted to do an ultra long competitive event this summer. And those two things line up beautifully. So that's the the big one for this summer. Yep. Well, uh, you know, we've talked about it a little bit uh, offhandedly, but our, our few friends of ours and us are planning mm. on attempting the old climbing up Mount Everest, the highest paved right. road in the world up Mount Everest. <laughs> I forgot they paved that one. Yeah, just a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> you need a yes. you need four wheel drive. That's the only requirement. Yeah, um, that's what I've heard. Uh huh. Pack some water. Um, <laughs> no, well, we're attempting the what what's called everesting which you've done on a ride previously um Mm -hmm. but uh on the solstice which i think well it'll definitely be a huge challenge and i think could be a great way to uh bring some good into the world yeah i I think you're right ben i think we can we'll do some brainstorming on how to make that a a a more community engaged thing somehow but yeah june 21st Everybody, Ben and I and our friends Matt and Jeff will be climbing 29,000 vertical feet up and down the slopes of uh, Mount Greylock in Massachusetts, the highest point in Massachusetts, which is what, maybe 10, 10 laps? I haven't even done the math yet. I think, it's, I think it's more than 10. I mean, it depends on where we start, but I think it's going to be 12 or 13, which is a good number. <laughs> but we'll have more daylight on that day than any other day of the year, so we'll be fine. True. It's true. Yep. It's true, but all in good time. Uh, in the meantime, Connor, thank you for sharing your time for a good cause on this mm-hmm. bike ride and for sharing the stories of the road with the lovely people of the Eyes Up Life community. Ride on, Ben. Thank you for having me. Um, and and yeah, I'm excited to continue to follow all of your adventures and spread the good word of living an Eyes Up life. Because by golly, we need that now in this world, too. Keep doing you. Well, if you made it this far, you deserve a cookie because that's a long time to listen to me and Connor babble on about bikes and stuff. But hopefully it was enjoyable. Maybe you listened to it in the car. Maybe you listened to it on a run. Maybe you listened to it just for fun. And I am going into poetry as a side hustle. So send me a Venmo if you want some poetry. This was a nice special edition episode of the Eyes Up Life podcast featuring me, Ben Grannis, and my good friend Connor O'Brien. You can follow Connor on Instagram. Just search Connor1NO-Brian. He's the one with the bike. And make sure you follow this podcast wherever you're listening to it, Eyes Up Life, and give Eyes Up Ride a follow on Instagram. We'd appreciate it. I would appreciate it because it's just me. I don't know why people say we when it's just a one-man show. We'll catch you next time. Not sure when I'm going to put this up, so uh, stay tuned for the next Maxis Athlete interview. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Stay safe. Turn on Do Not Disturb while driving. If you haven't done that yet, head on over to eyesupride.com resources to learn how. If you have questions further, feel free to reach out. I'd be happy to help. Take care. Bye-bye.